In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, Brothers and sisters of the table, uh, it's times like these that I oftentimes find myself returning to uh, great works of literature, uh, at least that have been meaningful for me, and um, I find myself thinking of these times, uh, parts of the Lord of the Rings epic, um, and specifically when Frodo, who's a hobbit who doesn't want to um, kind of leave his uh, hobbit life uh, to do what he needs to do to help destroy the One Ring and, you know, bring justice and healing to the land. Um, and he's, he's lamenting in this scene with Gandalf the wizard um, and, and says, I wish it need not have happened in my time. He's talking about all of the events uh, that have come uh, that have disrupted his, uh, his very comfortable hobbit life. Um, and he says, I wish it need not have happened in my time. And Gandalf answered him and says, so do I, and so do all who live to see such times. But that is not for them to decide. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given us. Friends, I think that many of us wish that this hadn't happened in our time, uh, the coronavirus pandemic, but it is happening in our time. Uh, We are meeting online for the third week in a row. And uh, one of the things, um, if we're going to follow Gandalf's advice, (laughs) one of the things we must do with the time that has been given to us is to allow ourselves to grieve and lament that which we've lost, uh, to allow ourselves to say with Frodo, I wish it need not have happened in my time. Friends, the good news today is this, that in the midst of all that the coronavirus pandemic has brought so far, Jesus stands among us as the resurrection and the life, entering into our pain and sorrow, feeling our grief from the inside, lamenting with us, and then transforming our suffering and raising us up to share in the very life of God. I invite you to think about what you have lost and what you are grieving and what grief do you need to perhaps be present to today? What is Jesus lamenting with you today? Our gospel text is a familiar story. It's Lazarus dramatically being raised from the dead. Um, This is a hinge point in John's gospel. From here on out, Jesus is moving quickly towards the cross. Uh, for today's purposes, I just want to focus on Mary and Martha and, the, and what they say to Jesus and how Jesus responds to them. They both say, Mary and Martha both say to Jesus the same thing. They say, Lord, when Jesus finally arrives, they say, Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. I want to suggest that this is a natural response to tragedy and death, uh, especially for those who believe in a God who has and can, who has done something about these things in the past and who can do something about these things. If you've, if you would have been here, you could have prevented this. In a couple of my DNA groups, we are on the axiom four, uh, in our discipleship process, which is that God cares about it more than we do. And a lot of the kairoses that have come up for those in these groups have been things like, does he really? Uh, then why is this happening? Uh, why isn't he seem to be doing anything about it. Um, So like Martha and Mary, we have assumptions about what God should be doing in times like these. If God was here, if he was at work, if he really did care, well, then something different would be happening. My brother wouldn't have died. Martha and Mary in this scene are grieving the loss of their brother. And 
they had seen Jesus heal. They knew that he was capable of this. And so they don't know why he didn't come right away. And so all they have is this angry, plaintive cry of pain and accusation a little bit even. Lord, if you have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. And so in times like these that we're dealing with right now, I I think that anxiety is oftentimes what we feel like we're most in touch with. Uh, We're we're afraid, we're we're anxious uh, about what's going to happen and if we're going to be safe and, and what's going on. But I think under the surface, something that's being revealed now is that under this anxiety and this adrenaline is an iceberg of grief. That that's what we're feeling collectively now is grief. And we're feeling, you feel grief when you lose something. And so we were losing the, the loss, the, the sense of normalcy about our day. We're fearing the economic toll. Some of us have already begun to feel that economic toll um, and then we're, we're also grieving this loss of connection that we had with others, just the, the easy way that we had of getting together, being with each other. It's all been disrupted, and we're grieving the loss of that. Uh, our friends Scott and Alicia stopped by yesterday to do kind of a drive-by, stay-in-the-car hello, uh, and their daughter, Delia, uh, wanted to get out of the car. Uh, she's, you know, f- five years old, four years old, a little kid who just wants to get out of the car and see her friends, and, um, but she couldn't, and she started crying. She was very, very sad that she couldn't, and she didn't understand why. Uh, she couldn't go do what she normally did. Um, and I think all of us are Delia, in a sense, right now, where we are uh, having our normal rhythms of connection disrupted and grieving because of it. Um, and even, friends, the, the uncertainty of the future is a kind of grief. We fear that never, things will never be the same again. And it's confusing because, you know, we know that something bad is happening, but we can't really see it. It's this tiny little virus. Um, we read about things in the news, and we know it's bad out there, but it's it's hard to sort of feel it as we look out uh, around us. And so it kind of breaks our sense of safety. Um, I went grocery shopping uh, this past week, and uh, seeing just seeing people, I just had this overwhelming sense of sadness come over me because I saw these people with masks and gloves, which is probably wise. You know, I wiped down my cart with sanit- sanitizer wipes and... Um, all, I, I found myself grieving the, just the way that I used to grocery shop, uh, which was just an easy, excuse me, and uh, feeling comfortable just moving through the aisles and uh, being close to people. But I don't feel comfortable doing that anymore. And I can see that others don't feel comfortable with it. And I can see that they're grieving and that they're angry and that, you know, I, I find myself afraid of people and uh, I can see that they're afraid of me. And I ask these, am I too close? Are they too close? Um, what's going to happen after this trip? You know, how many, you know, people have touched this cucumber that I'm checking out? All of those questions um, cause a sense of loss for us. There's the loss of the feeling of safety uh, going about our normal days. So you can oftentimes identify, I think, the stages of grief in how we've responded to this. Um, That's really what's happening to us is what we're grieving collectively. There's been denial a lot of us had this early on. Eh, it probably is not going to affect us. It's probably not going to be that big of a deal. And then there's anger. Wait, you're making me stay home and like stay away from my activities and all my stuff is canceled and I can't get together with my church. There's bargaining. Okay, um, so if we social distance for two weeks, then everything will be better, right? But what's necessary, friends, is that we move on from those things into sadness which, see, which feels like, I, I don't know how this is going to end. I don't know how it's going to affect me and those that I love. And I am lonely and I miss my friends. 
and then into some kind of acceptance where we can actually find a way to move on together. But friends, we have to name what we've lost and we have to meet God in that reality. We have to allow ourselves to feel the sadness of it. And so I ask again, what are you grieving right now? What's your Lazarus? What have you lost in the midst of this pandemic already that you think the Lord maybe could have done something about? Get in touch with it. Feel it. Hold it. See it. In the midst of all that the coronavirus pandemic has brought so far, Jesus stands among us as the resurrection and the life. He enters into our pain and our sorrow. He feels our grief from the inside. He laments with us, and then he transforms our suffering and raises us up to share in the very life of God, even in the midst of our suffering. Jesus' response uh, to the two sisters, uh, I think, is where we want to focus today. Um, They both come to him and they say, Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. And Jesus responds to Martha by saying, your brother will live again. Martha says, I know, yeah, right in the future. But Jesus says, no, actually right here, right now, in the midst of your questions and your grief, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me will live even though they die. So Jesus takes the future hope of Israel and he claims it as a present reality, as his present identity, actually. And so he says to her right here, right now, in the midst of this pain and sorrow, I am resurrection. My presence is life. And if you trust me, you'll live too, even though you die. This is the paradox of the Christian life. We live and we die at the same time. In the midst of the death of that which has been so precious to you, Jesus' presence is with you and his presence, paradoxically, in the midst of death is life. It is resurrection. So that's his response to Martha. And then Mary comes to him and says the same thing. Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. And his response to Mary is also part of our good news that Jesus sees her crying. And and all of those who are accompanying Mary, he sees them crying And he is deeply disturbed and troubled. Jesus is moved with empathy and compassion. Jesus does not stand at an objective distance and say, ah, you know what? Stop your crying. It's all going to be fine. I'm going to raise him from the dead. He doesn't give them a pep talk and tell them they shouldn't be sad. No, Jesus enters into their pain and their sorrow, and he feels it from the inside. Brothers and sisters, this is the deep meaning of the incarnation, that God is forever human and that he knows what it's like to be a human. And he knows it from the inside. He's taken all of our pain, all of our sorrow, all of our grief. He's taken it into himself and he feels it with us. And in fact, he takes the worst of it on himself. This is the meaning of the cross, that he takes the worst that we have to offer to each other and he bears it on his own shoulders and he receives it into himself and he feels it all. Jesus weeps at the tomb of his friend, not just because he's sad that his friend died, but he's feeling Mary and Martha and everybody else in this scene. He's feeling all of their pain. Jesus weeps with us, brothers and sisters, as we sit in the awareness of what we've lost. He meets us in the reality of our grief. And this is vital. He doesn't just meet us there, but he meets us there as the resurrection and the life. And so he he meets us there in our grief and our pain. He acknowledges the reality of it, but he does not leave us there to despair. Instead, that we find that as 
he shares in our grief and pain, we also begin to share in his resurrection life, even if the situation doesn't visibly or noticeably change. We find ourselves connected now through the incarnation to God's life. It's a life that we actually have participation and indwelling in that runs deeper than our thoughts, deeper than our emotions. This is the life that God shares with us through the incarnation of Christ. It is a mutual indwelling. It is a deep participation. It is a deep sharing of life. And this is what Paul is getting at with our reading from Romans. He says, if Christ lives in you, the spirit is your life. The spirit is your life if Christ lives in you. So God right now, even today in the midst of whatever you're aware of, that you're grieving, that you're, that you are aware of pain and loss in your life. God is giving life to your mortal body right now through the indwelling of the spirit right in the midst of all of that grief and loss. Friends, in the midst of all of the corona, all that the coronavirus pandemic has brought so far, Jesus stands among us as the resurrection and the life. He enters into our pain and sorrow. He feels our grief from the inside. He laments with us and he transforms our suffering and raises us up to share in the very life of God. So friends, what grief do you need to be present to today? What is Jesus lamenting with you today? In prayer together, I invite you to name what you are lamenting, trusting that Jesus is lamenting with you, that he feels your pain, and that we meet him there in the reality of our grief. And as we do so, our sufferings begin to be transformed as he shares the very life of God with us. So pray with me, God of resurrection and life who enters into our pain and feels our grief. In your presence, I lament. Name what you're lamenting. I'm lamenting the loss of normalcy in my life, the loss of a sense of safety in doing everyday normal things. I lament the loss of connection with my friends, even as I'm deeply grateful for them. Awaken us now, Lord, to perceive how you are sharing your life with us, even now. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.